Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul. What's going on, bud? What's up, man? (laughs) Nothing. We were just making some jokes before I hit the record button, so. (laughs) Yeah, like right before. Right before. Yeah, I like to do that. Uh, What have you been up to? Nothing. Just sad my last day of work. I went in. Went into the city today and did uh, my army duty and tomorrow Just I'm going for the on week, leave. Right? For the week. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm going on leave tomorrow and we're driving up to Connecticut to stay with uh, one of Tammy's friends and see some of her family up there. So, All right. Well, yeah, I was excited there for a second because I thought you'd retired. You said it was your last day of work. So. Oh yeah. No, unfortunately it's not. But if they keep going with this nonsense, they keep throwing out. I, this is local, local stuff. I'm, I will retire. <laughs> yep. We'll do it. I'll be waiting on the other side for you. It's getting annoying. Yeah. I went in, uh, you see, I, I had to shave this weekend. It's you never, drill? Yeah, I had drill. It's never enjoyable to shave. I don't like the way I look when you look in the mirror after you have facial hair all the time and then you shave and yeah, it's a weird sight. You look younger though. I know. Right. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much younger I want to look. But thank you. Well, you'd have to. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, what are we talking about today? Hey, we got a question we want to start with. So you and I were discussing this beforehand that we've got we've got a shared client, actually, someone who came in through the podcast, and I was uh, and I'm taking this client, you know, to the finish line. And one of them, well, she said, "Hey." You know, now that this policy is approved and all that, and I know all about infinite banking, I've also got a convertible term policy with this other, you know, small local insurance company. And I think I'm, I already set up a time with my agent to go, you know, talk about converting that to a whole life policy uh, a couple of weeks from now. And so I I, I just wrote her a couple of things back and I said, let's talk next week because just because the, the point of this is just because you have a convertible term policy doesn't mean converting it to a whole life is is your best play, right? There's there's some good reasons to do it and then there's some great reasons not to do it. So what do you what do you say to that? Yeah, first and foremost, that's great that they that they bought that product whenever they did buy it because it does have value, right? Um and for a reminder folks, you know, convertible term is a is a type of term policy that has a provision in it to change part or all of the death benefit into whole life with uh, without showing additional medical without going through additional medical underwriting right so it, it's it's what we what we sell and what we um, provide for clients that can't afford whole life premiums yet and it's it has tremendous value in that sense but I will say this Dave I agree with you because what what company is it with is it right. a mutual life insurance company or is it a stock company that you know that does not likely pay dividends to its policyholders and if this person in this case just got underwritten for insurance through very conservative underwriting and is approved well just how much do you want to convert let's build that into the policy that you just got approved for i think that right. would be a better move yep exactly that is a better move it's not no it's it absolutely is. a better <laughs> move 
I think yeah. some people think of it as, well, I've already been putting money into this policy, so it only right. makes sense to convert that when, if you understand what term life insurance is, it's a sunk cost. Every month you make that payment, that premium payment, it's a My sunk cost. Gone. It's gone forever, right? So there's no benefit to converting that just because it's already in place, unless right. you're uninsurable, right. which is what I recommend anytime you get convertible life insurance. Why would you ever convert if you're still insurable? I would just, I recommend if you're still the same health as when you got that policy in place, instead of converting it, just go apply for a brand new policy from scratch and keep that convertible term in your hip pocket to convert later if you become uninsurable. Because if you can convert all of your convertible term into a whole life, great, but then you become un- uninsurable, you don't have any, any more options to get another policy on yourself. Right. So just keep yeah, it I think a hip pocket plan. I think for a lot of people that probably makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, you and I have talked about this. Tammy and I have a convertible term on her that we've been slowly converting, but it's a massive amount of convertible term. Yeah, if you've tapped out your human life value, right? Like you don't really have another choice but to convert because there's that's no right. more room to get another policy. That's exactly right. right. So spot yeah. spot on, and that's what we're doing. And uh, but at, at our age now, and with the new seventy seven oh two rules. It's taking a you know it takes a massive amount of premium to convert that much death benefit into whole yeah. life, yeah. <laughs> Which is a good problem when you're an IBC guy. It's a great problem. Yep. I've got room to put more and more money. Perfect. Absolutely. So yeah, sage advice. I like it. All right. Wait. Today we're going to talk about some IBC mistakes to avoid. So these could be for the newbie who's just learning about or hasn't yet gotten started with IBC. You can avoid these mistakes before going down that path. And for people who have already gotten started with IBC and the mistakes that we see some people continue to make, um, you know, mostly for a lack of education or, you know, lack of awareness. So I think the, the key point we want to drive is the value of infinite banking is not in the scene. The value of infinite banking is not what you see. It's what you don't see. And that's the entire process of banking, right? Controlling the banking function in your life. And, you know, what do we see as new clients? We see, and if, if we're working with some agents out there in the world that just, they can't get the illustration in front of you fast enough. Well, that becomes the scene. I can see the numbers on page 10 and page 11 and page 12 of what, how much premium I'm paying, the cumulative premium I've paid over the years, when the premium and the cash value meet, whatever year that is, that's the scene that, that, that is part of the scene of, of what Dave is, is, is talking about. And people get so wrapped up in the numbers on the page. But what I tell them, Dave, is this. Look at all of this accumulated financial value that you'll have access to. What have you, the unseen becomes, what have you done with that over year, over the 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years that you're going to own this contract possibly? What have you done with that money? That's the unseen. And of course, the unknown, because the future is unknown. But Yeah, the unseen is the, the many opportunities that will come your way when you're well capitalized. And what, were those, what will those opportunities be? And you have no idea. You have no idea. But one thing we can guarantee is that there will be opportunities. Yep. Opportunities abound. And I stole this from Ryan for the well capitalized. I think it's the perfect way to say it. Yep, indeed. So here's one of the first mistakes that we see with people who become clients. And then something a lot of people fall into is leaving yourself on an island without a coach. So either somebody maybe had some agent set up in a quote unquote IBC style policy for them. And then they never heard from that agent again. 
right? Or maybe they called the company and the, the agent went to a different company and now it doesn't very even com- work there. Very common. Yeah, very common with with many companies out there. Um, it, it wouldn't be that case with an IBC practitioner, most likely in general, right? But there's some people who they get these policies, they're all they're all jazzed about it and they're 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 full up and they want to run with it and they got their policy in place. And then the years go by and they really they don't do anything. And it's a perishable knowledge that they that they had. But now they no longer have that knowledge and they're they're wondering, well, I'm not doing anything with this policy. What should I be doing? And they don't have anybody to talk to because they they haven't surrounded themselves with other users and they don't have a good coach. Right. I think, why did you see that? I think John and John called it IBC amnesia in one of their, one of their recent episodes. And I think that's perfect where I find myself not getting the amnesia. I'm I'm past that point, but just, I go back to Nelson's book all the time and just reinforce what I already know. Um, But I just pick up a section of the book and reread it. And it it really does reinforce, you know, what we're doing. So I I would highly encourage that. Surround yourself. And this is where I liked client-only events that that some people are starting to do now, where people come from all over the country to have, you know, a day or two of client-only events where they are around people just like them, people that are paying high premium relative to their income, people that are successful in whatever business that they're in, whether they're a highly paid employee, whether they're a profitable business owner or whatever, but you're around people that think just like you and are doing what you are doing. And I think that's immensely important, uh, especially when you're especially when you're new and you're the only person you know doing IBC other than Paul or Dave. Right. Which is, we hear that all the time. Like I'm, I'm working with one guy and he's like, I'm the only person I know. And I tell my family and they, they think I'm crazy or, you know, I tell my friends and they think I'm selling insurance to them and he's not even licensed. So he's just excited about it. Wants to tell people. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, good. Well, how about this one? Stealing the peas. So that's, that's a phrase we've used many times uh, on this show. And it's one that Nelson references in his 92 page book, uh, stealing the peas. So I was talking to a prospect today and explaining that concept to him that, Hey, you could, you know, put your money here first. Then you take a loan to go pay off that credit card debt. That's charging you 20%. And now every month that that payment that was going to the credit card company. Now, instead you make that payment back to yourself, but here's the problem. The life insurance company doesn't require you to make that payment every month not like the credit card company does or else they ding your credit and they sick collectors on you. So people have a tendency to steal the peas, rob from their own bank and not pay it back. So you have to put a system in place where you have a payback payback plan to, you know, restore that money that you borrowed from your own bank. That's right. In short, right, you would never take a loan from the life insurance company collateralizing your cash value if you hadn't made provisions to pay it back, whether that's an amortized schedule that you make yourself, or you know you're going to have some sort of windfall six, 12 months down the road, in which case you you pay back the loan in that sense. But again, it's just like a loan from a bank. You would never get a loan from a bank unless the banker thought you could pay it back, right? This is no different, but you're the banker, right? So you have to be an honest, you have to play honest banker with yourself. So yeah, spot on. I had a client that stole some peas and I, you know, I just go in there and check once in a while on the backside of the business here and just see, you know, I was like, oh, I noticed you know, send a quick text. Hey, I noticed you stopped making your, your weekly, you know, $500 policy loan repayment. Um, what's going on? 
you know, and she's like, you know what, Paul, I've been stealing the peas <laughs> and I need to, I need to get back. I need to get back to it. And, and she did, you know, and I go back in there and there it is a thousand dollars a month going back against, against the policy loan. So nice. Super Just important. General reminder. Yep. There you go. And that, that, that brings me to another one. We didn't even write here uh, in our notes, but here's a big mistake that, that I'm, I'm always surprised that people make this because I thought they knew better, but it just goes back to IBC amnesia. You kind of forget, you know, if you're not using it, you know, monthly or, or a few times a year, you kind of forget where people have a, an outstanding loan and yet they're still saving money in a bank. Right. You had a guy account. doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or they've got, well, I've got $5,000 in my savings account, but I'm saving that up for something. Well, you have a $10,000 loan out, pay it back, put that five grand back into your policy. It's liquid. It's there for you. And then you're not paying interest on that five grand. Oh yeah, you're right. So that's just a, a reminder to people, you built the best savings account you could ever find. Use it. That's right. You know, Nelson avoided using the term loans in the book because he, and he says this, right? He wanted to demonstrate that you could, you could do it using dividends to pay the premium eventually and, and, and all that, right? Because he says, when people hear the word loan, they're, they go into like mental paralysis, right? Their brain shuts down. They're like, I'm trying to get out of the loan business, right? right. I want to, um, and we've talked about that in other past episodes of how the policy loan feature works. Um, but yes, of course you would. Why, if you have excess money and you have excess policy loans, put that excess money against those policy loans. Every because time. 100% of it goes towards principal. That's right. And Which if you need that money, again. yep, it's going to be available again two weeks later. Take it right back yep. out. You right. had to. Exactly. Okay. How about this one? This is probably the worst one for people to... Um, to fall for the biggest mistake to make that keeps people from doing IBC properly is they limit the amount of wealth they can create by getting policies that they can only fund for 10 or 20 years, like a 10 pay or a 20 pay, because the idea of funding for 30, 40, 50, 60 years scares them. Right? So what are they missing there? Well, or they don't know any better. So Mm -hmm. I have a new client that has a policy with one of the big four. And uh, he was a referral of a referral. So it's kind of kind of cool. And um, we were talking about his policy. And he's like, yeah, I, I can pay high premium for the first 10 years. And then that's it. And I said, uh, so it sounds like you have a, like a 10 pay policy or, or, or something. But anyway, long story short, he was able to go back after we had this talk about proper structure. And that term gets tossed around a lot. But I proper structure to me is adequate, adequate base premium. Uh, and the ability to pay high premium for a long period of time, especially if, you know, this guy's in his thirties. The contractual um, right, but not the obligation. That's right. And yeah. that's, that's what I want. I want to be able to pay premium as long as, as long as possible. And, and why, can, Paul, what is so great about paying premium for, you know, in, in year 30? Well, that's the policy's going to, every year the policy gets more efficient. So why wouldn't I want to keep adding to that if, that efficiency and, and, and benefiting from it. So in year 30, every dollar in premium could be producing three times that in cash value. I, it's like, Hey, Hey Dave, if you give me, you know, 10 grand, I'll give you 30. Like you're never going to stop doing that. Right. Unless you're foolish. You're a car guy. So maybe you could create an analogy here because I'm not a car guy, but I know it takes a lot more energy 
to get a car up to 70 miles an hour. But once it's at 70 miles an hour, you could, you could, uh, yes. remove some of the cylinders from that car, right? Like deactivate them and it can run on like how many horsepower does it take right. to maintain 70 miles an hour? Right. So the Hellcat tells me that it's got like a horsepower and torque thing. Oh, of, no uh, I'll have to go next time I drive it in the springtime. Cause she's put to bed now. Um, cause it's cold and wintry, but, um, but yes, you're absolutely right. So torque, you know, the torque forces kind of get you going and then the horsepower kind of keeps you going in a sense. Um, but certainly it takes way less power to, to cruise at 60 miles an hour than it would getting there. You're using more energy. Yeah. For 100%. And I would sure. equate the, the, the premium to fuel. Like once you've gotten it to 60 or 70 miles an hour, it only requires a little bit of fuel to do, you know, to go the same distance. Yes. You know, as opposed to the, the massive amount of fuel it took you to get up to that speed and that distance to travel. Right. So why yeah. would you want to, why would you not want to have the contractual right to continue putting fuel in the fuel tank? You're just going to let it run dry and then it's just going to coast and, and slow down. And yeah, it's going to fizzle out, going to fizzle out. Right. And then you're going to have to go get a new car and get back up to speed again. If you want another place to, uh, to put your money or put your fuel. Yeah, absolutely. So long story short, he was able to go back and restructure that policy because it was less than six months ago, oh, nice. uh, which is, which is great. Uh, he was, and he was uber thankful and I'm not, you know, and now we're moving forward with policies for his wife and his, and his newborn son. Um, but it was just a nice, nice thing to have the knowledge to be able to tell him like, yeah, man, that's why would you want to purpose? Like how did Trent put it purposely limit the amount of wealth that you can create? Yeah, is this is it your intent? Is that your intent? The amount of wealth that you <laughs> right. can create over your lifetime. And when you ask people that question, they're like, "Well, no, of course not." Right. Yeah. Well, then why are you designing a policy you can only fund for ten years? Yeah. Right. And I'm not saying a ten pay doesn't have its place, but I hear about these these designs and people calling the MyDC where they do our you know the RPU at year ten or that's I don't remember that. Not that not that the the examples in the book are you know hard and fast. You have to stick to the exact design uh, or whatever, but I, yeah, again, not I don't do know. I, I've never written one. I mean, maybe there's a place. I don't, I, I haven't come across that yet. Yeah. There's, there's probably a, a place for them, but sure. um, I think once people see that's just when it's getting so efficient, right. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, you should keep going. Yep. Right. We could do a hundred different analogies to get that point across, but hopefully that worked. Yeah. How about this one? This is kind of a, a more philosophical one, but you know, starting with the solution without understanding the problem. So I see this when people come to me and they're like, you know, they saw a video that you know, hyped infinite banking up, like, you know, the panacea of all financial problems. And they're like, I got to do this. I want this. Um, can I get an illustration or what company should I do this with? How should the policy be designed? What does the illustration look like? What's the interest rate on the loans? What's the dividend rate? Like that goes back to that, that overall point we made at the beginning is that's all the scene. That's the scene. What yep. you need is the unseen. That's right. Like what does Nelson say about the, you know, the problem and the solution? Like if you know what the problem is. The solution the becomes, solution. yep. You'll know the solution, right? It becomes fairly obvious. Um, and if you and don't know what the problem is, you can find the solution and it won't even matter because it, it'll mean nothing to you. That's right. And that's, and I like starting there. I like starting with the problem and I'm glad he has a, a piece of the book that 
is labeled that, <laughs> you know, the, the problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's that people are stuck in that paradigm, right? That they're comparing everything in the financial space against some sort of rate of return or whatever. And it's just, that is the wrong approach angle, right? We're both pilots, right? That's the wrong approach angle to take of IBC. You need to know what's going on before you can know what to do. Um, that's why we encourage everybody to, in fact, this guy has, he's like, I've read the book twice now. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Like, excellent, man. Um, those are the people that, uh, that will quickly understand what's going on because they remember what Nelson said in the book. They've underlined it. They've, you know, written their own notes. And that's so important to moving forward in this, because if you really don't understand what's going on, you're going to, you're going to get the amnesia six down, months down the road with, with uncle Bob's like, Hey, why are you paying so much premium? That's so stupid. You should be, you know, dollar cost averaging in mutual funds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Remind is terrible advice, by the way. That voice sounds like National Lampoon's. Like, hey Grizz, you're not. <laughs> hey Grizz, go out and get my stogie. stogie. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin <laughs> plant. <laughs> oh, that's class. I'm gonna be watching that movie on Thanksgiving. Oh, it's the best. It's the best it's movie. Yeah. Yep. It never gets old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. How about one more? One more of a. Con this one is continuing with a policy that's not designed properly. Now, let me, let me caveat that. Does that mean if you have just a, you know, a whole life policy that's all base or you have a 10 pay or 20 pay or something like that, should you go cancel that? No, that is not what we're saying. I think what, what I see here is when people have say like an IUL policy, they've had it for a few years and it's, you know, not even close to being efficient. In fact, it's going to take another say 10 or 15 years to get to the point where their cash value is going to grow by the amount of premium they pay every year. Yeah. It might be worse. Well, yeah. I got a guy that, sorry, he he's 14 years into this thing and the cash account, it's an IUL is um, not quite half of wow. what's been paid in premium. It's awful. How's I was that talking compared to, to the illustration he received when oh, I'm sure it doesn't look anything like it. <laughs> Know, right? It doesn't look anything like it. Oh, so God. I, would, I mean, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. That's right. So I, I, I would have no problem kicking a bad policy to the curb, assuming that person, you can put together something that's more beneficial for them and they can be insured and the yes. policy is in place first. Right. And then they can make a decision like, do I really want to keep funding that piece of crap or do I want to redirect those funds to funding this, this new yeah. Know, a better design that's more efficient that's going to be able to create a banking system for me right away those things are like worse than a sinking fund if that's possible <laughs> they're almost like a they're worse than owning a boat you know yeah. at least but, I, I mean i know what my boat's going to do for me i'm going to go down lower it into the water turn the key it's going to start and i'm going to go out and use it you don't know what that that iul is going to do no you don't no kind of like the weather like it's not up to you. It's nope. really not up to anybody. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Flawed by design. And that, I don't want to make this an IUL discussion, but flawed by design. Just Yeah. And I was talking to a, a friend of ours and he's like, Paul, they're all like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he's seen a lot more than I have. I've only seen a couple. 
like three maybe. And uh, he's like, they're all like that. Yeah. Not, I had a, I'm working with a guy and he's had some IULs for about 10 years and he sent his agent an email. All he did was request an enforce illustration. And she sent him back this bullet point list of if somebody's trying to get you to cancel this, do not do it. You're past the surrender period. I'm like, actually, that's an advantage. That's an advantage <laughs> to get rid of the policy. There's no surrender charge now. Right. Fantastic. And she's like, blah, 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 blah. Like this policy is perfect. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mm. oh, it's like, all I do is ask for an enforced illustration. She's freaking out. This must happen more than, you know, more often than not where people are like, Hey, this thing is not performing. Like you said, it would 10 years later, not even close. Yeah. And a lot of people now are starting to say, Hey, my IUL has these minimum guarantees. And I'm like, well, do they go past age a hundred? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, well, go ask. <laughs> you might want to find that out because you might live past 100. And can they change those guarantees on you? I mean, can they change that minimum floor and max, you know, oh, you can get I'm all the way up to 10%. Oh, we're going to change that now to only 8%. Right. Well, there's only a few things going on in the equation, right? You know, if there's a few people involved. There's the policy owner, the insured, the beneficiary, and the company uh, administering the policy. Um, I guarantee you that that company is profitable. Sure. And they're not profitable because they are charitable and give things away for free that don't make any sense. I right. guarantee you that that IUL is extremely profitable. Yeah. And that, and ter just like term is, term is extremely, you look at the, the company that I think is Prudential that does SGLI. Yeah. Right. You know, old company, big, whatever, fine. You know, how much premium do they collect from the military every month? Right. I know, man. 40 million. Jeez. Wow. A month. Think of the banking capabilities on pulling in forty million a month. What kind of lines of credit that company can get from a bank? <laughs> and I'm, that's and I'm unreal sure. to think about. Yeah. Or how much do they lend to banks? Yeah. I think the, to boil it down, whoever is in the most advantageous position is the one who's taken the least amount of risk. And in a whole life policy, you've transferred one hundred percent of the risk to the company. Yeah. It's there's risk in everything you do, but it's the question you need to ask is who am I transferring this risk to? And with whole life, you transfer hundred percent of the risk to the company, right? With, you know, other types like IUL, you're taking a good chunk of that risk yourself. For sure. You're not yeah. transferring as much. Um, right. And over time it gets, it just gets worse, right? It gets less efficient with time. Like, why would you ever purchase something like that? And it's, but it's the way it's sold though. It's like, Oh, you can shrink your death benefits. The premium goes down and then you can, Use the cash account to fund the, you know. Why would I want to shrink my death benefit? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. So again, we said this before. Anyone trying to say that they know IBC and is trying to sell you universal life in any form, run away from them. They have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. It's really, uh, you know, copyright infringement, honestly. Yes. Yeah, it really is. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Not appropriate for IBC. So we got on to a little soapbox there, but yeah, really sorry. The last, the last one. Well, why don't we end with something happy? We're uh, we're a few days away from Thanksgiving at the time of this recording. I know this is going to come out the week after, so hopefully everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm I'm hoping the football games were enjoyable, and um, and I'm hoping you didn't stay awake for them all because that's one of the great parts of Thanksgiving is getting full. Oh and yeah, on the couch. That's I can't wait to do that. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's your, what do you, what do you been thankful? What are you most thankful for over this last year? Yeah. Well, it's a few things, I guess, you know, been, uh, been healthy, been going to the chiropractor, fixing the back issues and the neck issues and stuff. So that's been nice. Thankful for, you know, the, the family, um, you know, my colleagues, my friends, my family, and, uh, really like we've, we've got a lot of new clients this year, Dave, both, um, individually in our, and then in through the podcast. So I, I want to thank you for, um, you know, pushing us to find, we talked about starting a podcast for a while. And then finally, you know, last year you were like, Hey, let's do this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so that, it was about a, this time last year. We really started yeah. like formulating a plan. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is episode 42, I think. Yeah. I right think now. So. Um, and it's, it's been great. I really enjoy, you know, we touch base every, every week and you know, multiple times per week, but it's just nice to chat with you every week. And, um, you know, we have the best clients too, just really, really good people. And I'm, I'm really thankful that they're, that they're finding it. They're finding the podcast helpful. And, um, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna keep, keep on going. The guys that help produce the podcast for us, great guys and definitely appreciate all their help as well. So, oh yeah, yeah. we do not produce this ourselves. So we, oh my we God. I, there's no we, way. <laughs> we, yeah. I would never, we, we would have lasted about three episodes. That's there's it. no, there's just no way. There's no time yeah. to do. I don't have the skill set. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely glad I'm help. We're helping them grow their business as well. Right. Yep. So. Yep. So, well, cool, man. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm pretty much with you on all those things. Really. Um, man, God's been good to me this year. It's been a, a big year of changes. So got yeah. married. So that's, you know, my biggest thanks of the year is marrying Hannah and expanding our families, uh, you know, by a hundred percent, over a hundred percent, doubling the size of the family. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this podcast has really uh, given us a, a much larger reach. I think we have listeners in Germany and um, I haven't checked in a while, but there's, I think I saw one listener in Africa once. So pretty cool. And yeah, our business has really expanded to the point that we're, you know, it's a good problem to have where you're like, I'm too busy. I, you know, I, I can't handle much more, which is a great right. problem to have. And it, you know, it means probably should have started a while ago, bringing on more people to help out and to, um, you know, work with clients and, and, and just build the business. So. Yeah. Yep. You're still trying to find that diamond in the rough assistant, aren't you? A diamond in the rough, man. Um, he or she is out there. I am working with my brother, so there may be another Beffert in the mix here uh, that people can talk to before too long. So, awesome. Uh, looking forward to that. It should be a really good 2023. So, yeah, man. Yep. yep. Bring, us, bring us your friends. People, you know, people often ask us like what they can do for us. And really, if you're our client or you're our listener and you enjoy it and you, you know, someone that's looking to do IBC is, um, bring them to the, you know, to either a practitioner or, you know, or if you like our content, you know, bring them, bring them us and, and, and we'll, and we'll get them going properly. Um, yeah, we don't do IULs. We don't do, um, we basically do dividend paying whole life. That's structured for that, that individual or that family. And we do convertible term if that's an appropriate product to, to give them as well. So, um, but you're going to have to read, sorry. <laughs> yep, you do have to read. So, you gotta read. You gotta read the book. I'm definitely thankful. It, feel, it seems like the word is spreading. We're kind of on a hockey stick approach right now with IBC. Like it's it's quickly 
uh, spreading like wildfire and it's about to explode. So yeah. it's really great to see that message spread to a lot of people now. I just want the message to spread properly. Right. Right. Which if you're listening to this podcast, congratulations, you found a good source that, that sticks true. We hope, um, and we do our best to stick true to Nelson's principles. So, um, and we have other IBC practitioners keeping us accountable. If we got off track, we know uh, somebody would slap us in the face and say, <laughs> Hey, read the book again. Might shoot us with birdshot. Who knows? Might, you know, pull the Dick Cheney on us while <laughs> hunting in South Dakota or something. Yeah. Uh, so funny. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, you have a, a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you guys too. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. All right, see ya. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at the IBCGuys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.